TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. With the 13th selection of the 2019 MLB Draft, the Minnesota Twins select Keone Cabaco, a shortstop from Eastlake High School in Chula Vista, California. That was the uh, Twins drafting a 13-year-old yesterday in the uh, Major League <laughs> Baseball draft. Seriously, that kid looks like like he just got into high school, not like he's getting out of high school. In five years. Or I'm just getting old. I don't know. You know what? In five years, he'll be a star at AA. So let's, you know, let's not put the draft down in baseball. It's just a bunch of household names. We all love to watch it because pick after pick, you're like, oh, I saw that guy play. It's the Score North first place twins show. That shining beam of optimism sitting across from me is Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. I'm Rami Makhlouf. If you want to get in on the show, 651-646-8255, or you can tweet us at SKOR North. And uh, we'll get into the draft, Judd's thoughts, not on the draft pick necessarily, no, no, don't tease that. Yeah, no, you're right. Make, make it very clear. I'm not breaking down the draft. You're not going to break it down, John? Oh, no. But the uh, the Major League Baseball draft as a concept, we'll talk about that coming up at about 1220. Dan Hayes from The Athletic covering the Twins. He's going to join us at about 1240. But uh, we are still awaiting news, Judd, on Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell. We might have something official very soon when it comes to Dallas Keuchel, according to an email that you sent me this morning. Uh, y- yes, um, Mark Feidensand of MLB.com this morning reported that it is essentially become, according to his sources, a two-team race uh, between the Yankees and Braves. And then a subsequent tweet from Mark after that was that the Yankees are the team that leads right now in that race. But I've got a question off this, and I can't explain it. Uh-huh. Why weren't these guys signed on Monday? I like, don't know. Like, what's this? There, There's no... here. Oh, so here's what makes no sense. If you could tell me, well, Judd, there's a tampering period, right? So in May, you couldn't talk to these guys or their reps. And now on Monday, or, or I think the start time officially was 11.01 uh, Sunday when the compensatory compensation came off. So if you told me, okay, Judd, the problem was you couldn't talk to their reps until then, I'd say, oh, I sort of get that. But there wasn't. No. Why wasn't this all, how was this not all worked out I two mean, weeks teams ago, teams had Rami? every right every and, and every freedom to go and talk to these guys and sign these guys at any point. There has been nothing stopping any team from signing these guys other than them not wanting to give up the compensatory draft pick. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an, I don't, and I haven't seen a good answer as to why this hasn't happened yet. Why neither of these guys is, is signed to a Major League Baseball team. I would have thought that both of the these guys at uh, 12.01 Eastern on Monday would have been basically saying, okay, we've picked team X, Y, or Z. We're signing right now. Because the what I also don't get is this. There's urgency here. Like, these guys can't go from, I'm not playing baseball, to, but I'm starting Tuesday night for the Yankees. Right. Yep. So so if I'm a team, if I'm the Twins and I'm competitive and I'm in the race for Kimbrell, I want him signed ASAP so I can get him to Florida, get him then to Rochester, and ultimately have him here by pick a date. Right. Late June, early, early July. Right? Yeah. This process makes zero sense to me. Are they still... Are they still holding out for 
three, a three or four year contract? Do they th- do they still think they're going to get that from somebody? I think you might be right. I, now, now the report I saw on Keiko um, Heyman had this on Sunday that said because Buster's Buster's report was Keiko was down to accepting a one year, I think it was eighteen million dollar deal that would be prorated through the rest offer, of the season. Right? Basically, yes, yeah. exactly. Heyman tweeted on Sunday, that's not really true. He still wants a multi-year contract. Mm. But, folks, that makes no sense right now. At all. For if, if I'm the Twins, then I'm like, okay, see ya, bye. And I remember I'm before, not going to negotiate this now. This has gotten ridiculous. I remember before the season started, there was a report, actually it was Ken Rosenthal who reported that Craig Kimbrell was considering, if he didn't get the offer that he wanted, sitting out the season, and his agent came out and emphatically denied it, called Ken Rosenthal, and said, I don't know where you're getting this, but that's not true. My guy will be playing somewhere for somebody this year. So I would have thought that, okay, you didn't get the offer you wanted going into the season. So you sat back in the weeds and you said, teams will need a reliever and they might just be waiting for that compensatory draft pick, but there's going to be a bidding war of some kind once we find out who's actually in the race and the running and who needs an arm in their bullpen. Well, a need will arise amongst a number of teams and a bidding war will, will, will develop. But I'd imagine that whatever offers were going to be made for Craig Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel have been made by now. I don't know what you'd be waiting for if you're, if you're Scott Boris or, or any agent of these two guys, what are you waiting for at this point? Is there? Do you really think that a team? That's what I'm asking you. Yes, a team is going to have more of a need in three weeks. I mean, but, it's possible injuries happen, but the clock then is ticking. So if you wait three weeks now because you can't join that team until you obviously sign with them, right? You now are going to be going to Florida for an assignment to try and get into shape in mid June. So now you're not going to be set to go till. I don't know. After July fourth, yeah, at least after the All Star. If I was, if I was either one of those players, I would have told my agent, "I want to sign the second I can," because if I don't, this becomes ridiculous. And if I'm going to help a team, the only way that I can help that team is to one get to uh, extended spring to actually get into shape, and then two. To start pitching. Right. And for them to... And especially for Keuchel, because... Mm-hmm. Yes. He needs to he needs to build that stamina and stretch out his arm if he's going to be a, a, a starter than any, that anybody can rely on. Yes. And and does history tell us that... that And that we don't have a lot here, but does history indicate that there is a large success of pitchers who do this? Lance Lynn joined the Twins in spring training last year and was a disaster. Mm-hmm. The the Cobb kid joined the Orioles, I believe, and was a disaster. And they gave him, the Orioles gave him, what, four four years, five years? Yeah. Multi-year deal. Yeah. But I can't find, I'm, I'm hard-pressed hard to think, unless you go to Clemens when he joined the Yankees in May of that year, and I forget exactly how he did, if there's any track record of great success in saying that you didn't start to pitch until, let's say, July. Yeah, I don't know how that I don't know how that works. I'm not I'm not in the front office. I'm not a pitching coach. I'm not a biomechanics. But specialist. I want a good. But I want a theory. I, I want a good theory, and nobody has one. Yeah, and I don't blame them. I haven't seen one. Mm-hmm. I just want a theory about what the hell these two guys are trying to accomplish now. Yeah, at this point, like I said, you would think that whatever offers were going to come in would have come in, and the clock is ticking on when will these guys actually be ready to help you win baseball games. And I don't want to. I don't want to suggest that. 
you know, Dallas Keuchel or or Craig Kimbrell are like hurting for money or anything like that. But at some point, like you haven't been collecting a check for since last season. I mean, at some point you want to just, I think both start. those guys got their big payday though. Did they not? They yeah. got their first big contract. Yeah, they got the contracts, but yeah, it's but just still, I mean, you would think they would just, and Craig Kimbrell, start making some I think Craig Kimbrell just hangs out in a tree waiting for deer to walk by with most of his free time <laughs> with, Brett, with Favre. Yeah. With Brett Favre, with Favre so by that, his side. You don't need a lot of money to do that. He already, he bought the tree stand. He's got the gun. He's got the camo. He's ready to go. He doesn't need to invest in much more. Hey, Craig, should we shoot that one? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Will I shoot that deer? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> so yeah, I th- I don't think Craig Kimbrell is hurting for cash. At least I don't know. I don't know what Dallas Keuchel's hobbies are. I think he's all, he also might well, be a hunter. He also might be a guy who's Southern boy. He's got the big beard. Spends his free time. He's got the great beard going <laughs> in camo. And but this does, does go back to your point. This does stem back to, to the fact that the initial report about Kimbrell having told somebody that he would not play might have been accurate, right? Yeah, that that might not be wrong, but why does the agent come out and not just deny it? Because he'd be mad, and not just like leak it. Yep, not just like hey, no, this isn't true. Ken. Yep. He he called and wanted to go on the record to Ken Rosenthal saying, yeah. "Don't know where you got that, but it's not true. My guy will be playing somewhere." Because if I represent you and you are a would you please? And I'm you terrible are, at negotiating. And you are oh yeah, me too. But if you are a great, <laughs> but if, but if you are a good baseball player, <laughs> My expertise, and I. I represent you. Every contract that you sign that I do with a team, I get, what, 10% from? Yeah. That's the average, I think. So now if you have told somebody in a fit of rage that you are not going to play baseball in 2019, I would come to you and say, Rami, whoa, 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 Judd, Judd needs money. <laughs> because <laughs> because unlike the pitchers, the agents want their payday, right? right. Yeah. So if you, so, so if you, if you tomorrow said... You know what? My contract at this station is up, and I'm going to sit out for a, a year. And I'm your representative. I'd be like, no, 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 Rami, that's not a good idea for Judd. <laughs> I need my ten percent. You might be royally rich. I'm not royally rich. And I say to you, you work for me. I don't uh, work for you. Yes, but then I try and twist your arm, <laughs> and it's like entourage, and that's where things go. That's when I climb up in a tree, put on my camo, and wait for deer to walk by. This is true. Yeah. The, the only thing I can think of is that. Both of these guys think that they can just hold out and hold out and hold out, and eventually somebody's going to crack and give them what they want. But don't they know how baseball works? It's not baseball doesn't I work like that now at I all. Know, that's always been a risk. It but, seems like that's what they're trying to do, though. Like they think somebody's just going to crack and give them what they want. But it seems like everybody is kind of set in what with yeah. what they're willing to do with these guys, and they're not going to budge. The Keiko thing, I think, is close. The Kimbrel one. I am um, perplexed by because there's not word. I'm one perplexed about by him. the whole thing. Yeah, I, no. I assume that this bidding war agree. was happening, and we already had a winner before the draft even started, and it was just a matter of waiting for the time to pass and putting ink to pe- putting pe- uh, pen to paper. I really did not think we'd be sitting here on Tuesday at twelve ten. Is it twelve ten? Twelve ten. Talking about Kimbrel and Keuchel and and having not signed anywhere. Still, it doesn't make any sense. Maybe maybe it takes Dallas Keuchel this long to shave his beard before he can officially sign with the New York Yankees. I mean, it's a lot of beard. That's got to be a process. I've never had that much beard, so I don't know what the process is or how long it that, takes. That but hurts too. Does it? Well, if you're Keuchel, you mean it hurts. If you're Keuchel, you go to a barber and, like and get it done. Perfect. Yes, 
It physically when hurts I, to shave your beard. When I grew, when I grew the beard for our November months deal here for what two or three years, mm-hmm. uh, and I grew a beard. First of all, it comes in and itches like hell, right? That's a pain. But then to get the thing off, because I I w- was not going to go pay to get my beard shaved. I was just going to shave my beard. The amount of work and disposables that that I had to take to the Hold sink. On. To they get this have, beard well, off, no, Jeff, they do have moisturizers that you can. Put I was on your not beard doing that, Manny. I'm late. I was itching. lazy, and I'm not a beard guy. I only did the beard for goodwill, and so I'd bring like five bics, big thing of shaving cream. <laughs> what? And I'd cut the, you know, I get, I get the. Hold on. What? How thick was the beard? Because I can't grow a real beard. Like for an Arab man, I, grow, I have a very, I have like very, very disappointing. Unlike facial you, hair. yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's pretty thick. And so plus, I, I've got sensitive skin. And about how long was it? I'm trying to get down to the process. Not, su- not super long. Not super long. Like a half an inch. More than yours. Quarter of an inch. M- more than yours. Okay, half. Maybe? I just I just trimmed mine down. Did so you ever is... Did you ever brush it and comb it or anything? Did like you maintain that? it at yeah, all? Yes, yes. If I got yes, if I got my haircut, which I think I did a couple times, at least once per month, then my barber would trim the beard up. For me, but then it would start to grow in again, and it would be big and, and you, a little more bushy. When you decided to take it off, did you go straight in with the bic, or did you trim it down I first? Trimmed it, okay. I trimmed it down first with the scissors. With the scissors, you don't scissors. have clippers. Cuticle scissors, Little cute. I'm not a beard guy, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're both facial hair guys. I'm not going. Well, that's why it I was don't know painful. How to, you right, went, well, in, you you went okay. in with the razor when it was too long, but you were basically pulling the hair out of your face. Okay, but it was painful. You said, how was it painful? I explained to you. In retrospect, I would probably do it differently. I was trying to figure out why, and I think we got to the bottom of it. It hurt. So maybe that's why Maybe that's why Dallas Keuchel hasn't signed He's yet. crying right now. Because he's thinking about, if I sign with the Yankees, I have to go through what Judd Zolgad went through he's when trying he shaved to, his beard. He's trying to shave. He's got 18 bicks out, and it hurts like hell. <laughs> he's going on the IL. Poor guy. Maybe he's got like a, a tub of beard balm, and he's like, I'm not wasting this, man. I'll sign when the beard balm is done. <laughs> Okay, these were, I was looking for plausible theories, and now we got them. <laughs> this stuff is expensive, all right? This is a good beard ball. It is a little spendy. I, I don't just admit. wake up like this. This beard doesn't just happen. That's a big A lot beard. of beard balm goes into this. <laughs> I don't even know where this show just went. Hey, you guys asked me why it was painful to shave my beard. I told you. And we you figured la- out why. You laughed because I was we, obviously prepared to shave my beard. If we do this again this November, are we doing this again this No, no- we okay. st- I think we stopped last right. year or two years ago. Well, if you ever grow a beard that thick again, you got to shave it down with the trimmer first. Scissors won't work. You can't get close enough with scissors. The worst was... And then and then bring it down with the razor. Just quickly, the worst was my first year here, we, we did the uh, mustache thing. Yeah. So no beard, oh, just I a stash. Oh, I can't do that. I scared myself. <laughs> I called the authorities on myself. Like, I should not have been allowed out. It was frightening. I can't even begin to describe how scary just the mustache on me looked. I don't think that's a look very few people can pull off. My old man has had one his entire, you know, since I was born, and he, he looks normal. My dad had one every day of my life until I was probably about 25. And then just one day gone, I was I didn't recognize him. I didn't, and he like I oh, said, that's weird. He's one of the few. I don't know if he did actually pull it off or if I, I just perceived that he pulled it off because I didn't know his face right. any other and you way. Wouldn't know any better, yeah. But there are very few people who can pull off the mustache, like just a mustache. But I'm not kidding when I 
tell you that that just me with a mustache, I frightened myself. <laughs> I'm not I'm not being flippant or funny here at all. Like I look in the mirror and I'd be I'd say if I was a parent with kids, I would get so far away from that dude. And it was me. Caller Howard calls in and says uh, to Judd that Judd needs to stop being a wuss when it comes to shaving his beard. That it's just like going to the barber. How's that a wuss? No. I went through the pain. No, but he did it wrong. That's why it hurt. Like I said, when the hair is that long, yeah. you're basically pulling the hair out of your face with the razor. It's because the 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 tip of the hair will stick in in between the blades, and then you just are pulling hair out mm-hmm. of your face. You got to trim it trim it down. With, like, an electric trimmer. Right, that's where I made a mistake. Yeah, definitely. But I'm not a beard guy, so. <laughs> I'm not a beard guy. That's all I got to say And apparently myself. for good reason. Yes, because it's painful. Judd doesn't have a lot of thoughts on the uh, draft pick itself that the Twins had, nor do I, to be quite honest with you. But he does have thoughts on the MLB draft and how Major League Baseball can get a little bit more out of this thing. And we'll discuss that next on the Score North First Place Twins show on Score North on 1500 and the Score North mobile app. Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never-ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. Bat around some banter. Twins. Twins. The Score North Twin Show on Score North and scorenorth.com. Just a reminder, Score North has launched a new podcast series. It's called Minnesota Sports Rewind, where we go back and do deep dives in some of the most prominent moments in Minnesota sports history. Right now, you can find episodes on Twins-Tigers game 163. Awesome game. I was there in attendance myself back in 2009. And uh, Twins-A's game 5 from the 2002 ALDS. Remember that? Uh, it's Minnesota Sports Rewind on scorenorth.com, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find podcasts. I was part of the uh, Sports Rewind for that uh, the Game 5 of the NL, or the ALDS, as you mentioned, Manny. And that, mm-hmm. was, uh, that was a really fun game to watch. Yes. Really, really intense Heart game. Hard-pounding. Hard-pounding game, yeah. It yes. was, so go back and uh, check that out, scorenorth.com. Or on the Score North mobile app, this is the Score North First Place Twins Show, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks. Rami Makhlouf, along with Judd Zolgad and Manny Hill. Yesterday was the uh, MLB draft, and the Twins in the first round going with, Manny, tell me if I'm getting this right, Keone Cavaco? Did I get that right? I think that's I think that's how Rob Manfred said it last night. That sounds like a pop star, Keone Cavaco. He's not really sure, though. You you could tell when Robs says those names because he looks at the like the flash card and he sort of grits his teeth and I think he hopes it comes out right sometimes. It, it's almost like there's a question mark the at the end of the name sometimes, yeah. like Keone Kavaku. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, David Stern right. used to do that with the NBA draft all the time. If somebody was drafting somebody Andy from, Eby. yeah. Yeah, what, what do you du- say? Duty EB. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a whole other rabbit but hole so, we could go but down. But your but your commissioner of your league should never be doing anything beyond round one. Yeah, that was the problem because was was he, he was a second round pick, right? EB. Yeah. No, he was late first, first round. round. Okay, late first round. But you yeah. should only have to do the first round. You yeah. should never have to do beyond the first round. Remember, uh, it was uh, Paul Tagliabue messing up Brett Favre, right? Brett Favre. Or no, that was uh, Roselle. Roselle. 
Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, that's the right. end of Roselle, yeah. right? Brett Favor or something like that. He's oh, yeah. oh, Favor. That's what it was. Yeah, Favor. So, uh, Keone Cavaco with the 13th pick out of East Lake High School in uh, Chula Vista. I feel like every baseball player comes from Chula Vista. You're not necessarily wrong. Right? A lot of them do, yes. He is a... Uh, California's that pipeline. California and Florida. He's an infielder. And uh, he came out of high school. We're not going to know anything about this guy or, or see anything from late, him, really. Okay. Late bloomer, Rami. Late bloomer, That's they what said. they talked yes. about. Very yeah. late bloomer. Batted 433 and had eight home runs this past season for East Lake, if that does anything for you. But, uh, Judd, you were actually watching that draft yesterday, were you not? So I was, I I was watched- on stage at Acme Comedy. You were watching... The Major League Baseball draft. You had more fun than I did. That <laughs> um, I watched. I watched through the Twins pick and and then I flipped to the Stanley Cup Finals game after the thirteenth pick. But here's what. Hit Wait, me. so there was a Stanley Cup Finals game and you were watching the draft instead? I didn't miss much of the game. Okay, I think they got the Twins pick. I think by the time I I think I got the, in, there was early first period, so I didn't miss much. But. I got home and I'm like, do I want to watch this? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to see 13th pick. Mm-hmm. Because the one good thing about this draft is I, I believe the limit between first round picks is three to four minutes in time and that's it. So you don't have the you know 10 minute wait or something ridiculous. It's a pretty quick process. Um, but we talked about this, I think, on the show yesterday. And, and it hit me full force as I watched this thing. You know, this is just commissioner gets card. Goes to podium, calls out name. The kid and his family might be uh, in Secaucus at the event, or there might be a camera in his home or something. How many of right? the kids were there last night? Did I you say? Don't even know. It okay. was a few of them though. All right. But anyway, you know, it's just a very. It's okay. Pick. Talk about the pick. Wait. Next pick. Talk about the pick. And as we discussed, with how convoluted the baseball draft is, right? Like Phil went through all of those rules yesterday, and it's absolutely oh ridiculous God, and that, qualifying. And it's just, I don't care. I don't want to know. I had I smoke coming out of my and, ears by the time he got done explaining that. And yeah, and I think both of us basically said we just don't care that much. Like just do what you're going to do. Your rules are your rules. Some are stupid. Some aren't. But the thing that hit me is how can this draft, which is now at least first round televised, not have a component where you can trade draft picks? And especially on draft night. How much different? And I'm I'm not saying that the world would basically be like, I gotta watch the baseball draft. Right. But how much more fun would the process be? And and how much more likely would you guys be at least engaged in being curious about it? If there was a potential where the twid where where Rob Manfred got up to the podium and said the Minnesota Twins have traded the thirteenth pick and let's say two prospects. To the San Francisco Giants for Madison Bumgarner, and right now the Giants are on the clock. That would be at least you'd be like, oh wow, that's sort of mm-hmm. interesting. That add a little bit to it for me, but just a little bit. I don't. I still don't think it'd be enough to get me to watch. I'm not even asking you to watch. I. But your curiosity might be peaked to the point of you you would care to pay attention I, on Twitter or something. I don't understand why it's not allowed just for the sake of being allowed. Just, sure. You can do it in every other sport. You know what I mean? As, as another avenue to improve your team. If you're a team that's trying to win now and is willing to, to mortgage a little bit of the future to do that, you allow them to do it with prospects who they drafted a year ago. Why not let them do it with draft picks or prospects who they literally just selected? I don't understand why that's where Major League Baseball draws the line. It doesn't make any sense to me. I agree completely. Yeah, it seems like 
even if even if something like that is not going to like draw in everybody's eyes to watching the first round of the draft or however many rounds from start to finish if the, i think the idea is you want people to be interested in it right you want people to at least have some interest in it mm-hmm. i mean especially if you're going to have it on tv if you're going to have it on your network like that so it it would seem like they're tr- they would try and do something or implement something to try and get as many eyes on it as possible this to me is is the most common sense to as far as if you want people to care about your, your draft tell me this what's more intriguing in in the basketball or football draft than the words a trade has been made your ears perk up right yeah it's You're the like, most exciting thing about oh, it interesting right you yeah. know the vikings traded their pick what did they get back what did they do the timberwolves There's as the, you said the jimmy butler trade jimmy butler trade exactly yeah. And and if you're the twins and you're trying to find pitching probably and you're you have found now that into early June you're extremely competitive and that thirteenth pick can be used to get something, I at least think that baseball has to seriously explore because the reason the the only reason that draft picks across the board can't be traded is the the Owners are trying to save their own teams from themselves because they're afraid their Yahoo GM is going to trade eight picks. But guess what? Baseball's evolving. I, I think we all agree that executives now in this sport are more observant and smarter and think mm-hmm. things out. So if you're really afraid that your GM is going to trade eight picks, fire that person. Right. They probably shouldn't have <laughs> their don't trust your they GM have their just job. fire him, right. But but if Derek Falvey has the opportunity to capitalize with a 13th pick and and the Orioles want that pick and God knows Baltimore needs long-term help and if you can get short-term help it could be a lot of fun. It could be fun. It would add it would add an element of intrigue to the draft that it currently does not have, but ultimately much like the game, it's like when we talk about pace of play and all this stuff that Rob Manfred wants to do to, to speed up the game, when when you actually, I didn't do the research, but people have done the research of a lot of these things, and you're literally shaving off like seconds with a lot of this stuff that Rob Manfred wants to do, when a lot of the pace of play issues are things you really can't do anything about. We have a historic number of, 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 uh, of foul balls happening right now. What are you going to do for foul balls? I can still... Softball rules where when you get two strikes, it's two foul balls and you're out. Or, it, and I think you can say the same about the draft. The the thing that the draft is lacking, the problem that it has when you compare it to other drafts in terms of the entertainment factor, the excitement level is 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 that a lot of these guys won't be at the major league level for three, four, five years. Some of them yeah. will never make it, and so I think that that. Especially in a in a I want it now society that that we've become. I don't know how you drum up excitement for something and go these guys, these guys they're going to be the faces of this sport in four years. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. and it seems like in this particular draft, it's just the one kid, the 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 top kid, the the catcher from Oregon State that Baltimore took. Like he seems like the only guy that where you're like, oh yeah, boy, I can't wait to see this guy. I in think a the second years, pick like, too, about Bobby Witt Jr., the mm-hmm. shortstop is is going to be good according to those who know this stuff. Yeah, but I I agree with with your point. I'm just thinking to myself that allowing trades seems very plausible. I'm not asking for a lot here, right? And it would uh, it would up my curiosity. 
Sure. So, yeah, no, I you're never going to, to get around the fact that baseball is the one sport where you draft guys and then wait and wait and wait. But it would you be, can't change that. It would be another way, and we talk about how the NFL and especially, I think, the NBA does this so much better than, than Major League Baseball. It would be another way to drum up um, storylines and drama in the sport off the field, outside of the actual sport itself. The thing people love about the NBA is the the circus that free agency becomes every year and then and then the trades that always happen. The NFL is is the same thing, the circus around free agency and then you have the draft and and everything that goes into that. With Major League Baseball, you just don't get those moments as often as you do on the calendar and the other sports. Yes. I think that the draft would it would present an opportunity for teams to do something, which to me, the more moving and shaking there is in a sport, the better it is for that sport because those are headlines. That's buzz. That's things and happening people lo- that people care about. Absolutely, yes. People love buzz. And I, I think baseball, aside from the odd blip that we're going through now with uh, Keiko and Kimbrell, I think baseball, is because I've, I've been a fan of the sport since uh, 78, might be at an all-time low for off-field intrigue as far as interesting things yeah like guys sit on the open market now you don't know when they're gonna sign they sit there for how long three months sometimes you know bryce bryce harper i'm sorry but when you have a guy like that on the market your sport can't have him just sit there and sit there and sit there to to the point of fans like like myself i was just like i don't care by this point Mm -hmm. the nba that guy's gone in an hour right Half hour? Yeah. <laughs> and so baseball has done an awful job of it. Now, now we talk about, your, you're right, we talk about pace of play. We certainly talk about lots of things, but they're not fun, sexy things. But when you think about what engages us uh, so much during the down months in football and basketball, baseball is the opposite. Right. And it's as if they don't care. And you want to say, are you aware of the world now? We love to debate and we love to talk and and see rumors. Your your product on the court or on the field or on the ice is part of this, but it's part of this. Right. There's a ton of things that you could do to engage the fan base to draw excitement that have nothing to do with the actual game itself being played. I know wrestling isn't real. Okay, I'll start this this statement Wait, there. Not. Don't no. tell don't tell Mackie that. You're liable to be fired and then fired again. Wrestling isn't real. I'm sorry if you have kids in the car and I just killed the Easter Bunny. And now I just did it again. How about Santa Claus? (laughs) Is Santa Claus real, Robbie? (laughs) The Easter Bunny's not plausible. But when for wrestling fans, at least for me growing up being a wrestling fan, and I haven't been in a long time, but the only reason I'm not is because it got bad. Like, it's... Mm -hmm. And but when I was a wrestling fan, I didn't the wrestling was so secondary. Yeah, I didn't care. I didn't care how good of wrestlers guys were. You know what I mean? If they could do a cool move off the top rope or they had a submission move like Bret Hart had the figure four. Cool, man. Like you're but ultimately what what made me watch was good storylines. Yep. Guys with good mic skills, guys who were the face of of WWF at the time. And I think other sports have taken a page out of that, and I think that's what baseball misses. And overall, Rob Manfred just seems to constantly be looking at the wrong things. Instead of trying to drum up the buzz the way that we're talking about, and instead of instead of making the game more available digitally and to cord cutters and, and doing a better job with, with social media and marketing in general, he's 
making sure pitchers pitch for three batters. He's trying, and I want a pitch clock, but it's really not going to help a whole lot. Like I said, a lot of these things that Rob Manfred wants to do, they shave seconds off the game, and I don't think millennials are watching because you shave 30 seconds off a game. Millennials are watching because you made the game more exciting and you made the game, not well, the game itself, but you made the sport. That's what I was going to say. Yes. And the See, world, there, the world yes. around the sport more exciting and you did a better job of getting it to people. They are not aware of the fact that the stuff that happens in the winter and player movement and guys being signed quickly is extremely important. Right. And I think baseball, I think baseball's biggest problem is this across the board. They don't consult or listen to the right people. The NBA does. The NBA, say what you will about the sport or about if you don't like it or don't, but if you look at the business model and how it's run, it's pretty genius. Absolutely. They are. They, they listen to the right people. They, they are very concerned with where the, the game is going. Baseball's idea of progress is, hey, Rob, let's play a game in London. Let's make it the Red Sox and the Yankees. People will love it. That's a great idea. We're going to go to London and play a game on AstroTurf or next year. Let's have the Cubs and Cardinals because those fans, they go back and forth. They'll for sure go to London. You know, basketball is always one step or two ahead in thinking. And baseball, I'd love to see how how in, in the league office their minds sort of just churn through stuff. And nobody ever... I guess apparently has the right to be like, what are you guys doing? Right. You know, pace of play is still important to me, but but your point about what gets people, especially in their 20s engaged, goes well beyond that, too. Yeah. If Bryce and Har- there's very little you can really do about pace of play and speeding up games. If you had, and, and this is just a, a pie-in-the-sky in idea, but if you had, if MLB Network... If they decided, you know what, bleep it. Here's what we're going to do. Top free agents, Bryce Harper. We're going to have an hour-long show at 3 p.m. on December 15th. And in that hour, we're going to see presentations to him. And he has to decide. It's a game show. Let's say it's two hours. It's so a game. It's like LeBron's decision? Yeah, yes. It's a game show. Do you need my, my game show announcer voice here? What's the name of the game we're playing? Actually, pick yourself. Okay. What, what would the name be? What's but, the game? Well, the, the game is that that a guy like Bryce Harper has two hours to make his decision on what team which he's going to sign with, and we get to see the presentations. All right, hit the music, man. Welcome in, everybody, to America's favorite new game show. Where will you get paid millions to play baseball? Today's contestant, a young man. From Las Vegas, he goes by the name of Bryce Harper. Bryce, welcome to the show, young man. Well, geez, I'm really excited to make $45 million per year. What's your name, Mr. Announcer Guy? I'm Rom Rami, your friendly announcer. Hey, it's Rom Dog. <laughs> I'd like to bring in my agent, Scott Boris. Scott, say hi to the teams that you are about to rip off completely. <laughs> no, but think, but, but think about if you came up with ideas like this, how much more engage you would have, you know your audience. It'd be amazing. Yeah, that's what they need to do. They and, need to and, drum up and excitement I know around this. And sport. I know people right now are like, that's the stupidest thing. And I don't even know if it's a good idea. But ideas like that. Instead, of, I like it just because I get to do my announcer voice. And you did a really good job. Thank you very much. But instead of, you know, it's January 15th, Harper hasn't signed yet. Okay. You still have Kimberl and Keiko on the market. <laughs> 
Hey, while we're giving out thank yous, we're going to talk with Dan Hayes from The Athletic in just one second. But thank you to the listeners of Score North and Twins fans. Downloads of the Score North First Place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes, tripled from uh, April to May. So uh, I know that a good baseball team helps with that. But thank you for taking notice of uh, what we're doing here at Score North when it comes to covering your Minnesota Twins. We Appreciate definitely it. We, we have uh, someone on the line uh, who wants to explain his uh, theory of all this to you guys, uh, oh. Pat and Golden Valley. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Who, who accused me of being on weed during yesterday's show? So this should be interesting. <laughs> Gentlemen, you cannot compare this to the NFL draft where they trade people, okay? Everything else. You take 80% of that, 50% of the people you're dealing with is our high school kids who are always holding over you the option of going to LSU or someplace. Uh, if they don't get what they want, they don't want to give the agents more power to say, uh, we're not signing with you unless we get this much money, and you trade us to the Yankees, you trade us to somebody else. I don't want to play with Oakland. I don't want to play with Miami. They don't want to give the agents more power because you're dealing with all these high school kids. And if you give them another option to put more pressure at you know, this way, when you can't trade a draft choice, at least they have to negotiate with Oakland and nobody else. That That's where they're going to end up for at least a year. So that's what it's all about. That sounds like absolutely no fun, Pat. <laughs> I know, but it's also uh, the way it always, the other thing they've always been a fearful of in baseball, which is a, you know, a cash sport with no salary cap, that the Yankees will, uh, you know, somebody will have a first, you know, they'll, Want to have the kid? They want to get the catcher from Oregon State. They give the cheap ass uh, Angeles family five million dollars, and they make the first pick. They've always the, the, when the draft started. What they were really afraid of were the uh, the big big money teams for that period uh, buying and getting you know giving a mediocre player to a team uh, and a bunch of cash to get a to get the elite draft choices that's that's what they uh, that's what they were originally afraid of and they're they've tried to change it a little bit i think the baseball draft was better off when they just sent out a list every who got picked after the draft yeah who got picked i, I think this whole with the uh you know at least yesterday they didn't uh, manfred didn't say somebody's now on the clock yeah, <laughs> we're all hanging there. Uh, you know, we can't wait to find out if the Twins took some guy we never heard of from Georgia or some guy we never heard of from Kansas. You know, <laughs> it's true. That's Pat yeah, Royce. I mean, it, it's not. You're not trading is not going to uh, a. It'd be bad for baseball, and b. It would not cause an extra five thousand people to watch nationally. So uh, once again, you guys have great theories that are completely full of holes. Alright, thank see, you, Pat. See you, Royce. Talk Appreciate to you at 440 it. today. Or 540. 540, rap with Royce. I'm oh, Mackie and Judd with Robbie. Now, well, at least he, he didn't accuse me of being on the weed today. Or call me an idiot. He's been known to do both those things. Yeah. We'll yeah. talk with... Uh, All we're trying to do we'll, is help the game, We're trying to help the game. Yep. We're just trying to help the game. Dan Hayes of The Athletic. We'll talk some twins and uh, maybe get into the draft with him right after this. It's the Score North first place twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ricks. The Score North Twin Show. Have you guys ever wondered what it's like to be a twin? On Score North and scorenorth.com. Nice. Ah, that one. 
in from third. Scope will score. Polanco will score. And the Twins take a 5-3 lead. That was the call on Fox Sports North. This is the Score North first place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks. I'm Robbie Makloff, along with Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. Go get that Score North mobile app available in the Apple and Google Play stores. Listen live and on demand via the app. And the longer you listen live, the more points you rack up for potential rewards from us because we love you. And the Score North mobile app is also a one-stop shop for all written content on scorenorth.com, including columns frequently from the man I sit across from right now, Judd Zolgad. You can also listen live by typing live.scorenorth.com into your web browser. And if you have an Amazon Alexa device, just say Alexa, open Score North, and then you'll hear Dan Hayes joining the Score North First Place Twins show from The Athletic. Hello, Dan. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. Um, we were trying to figure out why Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell are, are still unsigned. We assumed that this would be a thing that was done as soon as the MLB draft was over and the draft compensation was no longer an issue. Do you have any ideas or clue as to why we're still waiting for news on those two guys? Uh, probably they aren't getting the offers that they want, is my guess. Um, I think, you know, the you look at somebody like the Twins, and I absolutely think they have interest in Craig Kimbrell for one year. Do I think that they have any interest in Craig Kimbrell for three years? No, I don't I don't see that. I just think that they're looking at it, and they've always looked at it as probably shorter term. And I think Kimbrell is trying to hold to his, stick to his guns, and I think that Dallas Keuchel probably just continues to get underwhelmed with offers. You know, it's it's been a long run for both these guys, and you saw the Scott Boris quote yesterday about the wine needs to be decanted. It's like, well, how how is this still <laughs> happening? I mean, come on, we're yep. two months in, and these guys should be signed. And I get you're playing for the best offer, but, you know, teams probably were talking to Kimbrell all along the last couple of weeks trying to kind of line things up and, and see. And, and yes, the deadline for the, the draft passed, but, I mean, it just it seems like, it should be done at this point, and it's being dragged out. And I'm sure that teams are uh, – the players got to be just going crazy at this point. That It's already June 4th, and they're unsigned. But, you know, it's just the way things have gone. It's really an extension of a very strange um, last couple of years for free agents. But, Dan, it, it's the players' fault here. If I'm Keichel or Kimbrell, I'm going to my rep, and I'm saying, I don't care what you're trying to do. Get me signed here. And get me yeah, signed I, now, and and then because in both in both cases now, Dan, it is I would sign for a year, get get as much as I possibly could, join a good team, and hope that something does not go wrong with, with my arm, and then try and come back and sign again uh, in the uh, w- winter. I just don't understand why you wouldn't go to Boris or whoever uh, represents uh, Craig Kimbrell and say, I don't care what you're trying to do, get me signed and get me signed yesterday. Right, and well, I do think in Kimbrel's case, the the fact that he's thirty one, knowing that that his market slowed considerably. I mean, they went in thinking five or six years, and reportedly it's down to three years is what the ask is. And I think they realize their market's dwindling. And if he comes out of this and has a bad performance, on top of the way he kind of slowed down in October, that's a, that's a killer. So I can see hanging out for just a little bit longer to see what the market is. And Keiko's older too, so. This might be their, their belief that this is their last shot at a payday. So, you know, exhaust every possibility and, and see because you expect somebody to jump in there and, and offer multi-year deals. But, uh, you know, if, if the Twins and the Rays and the Brewers are three of your suitors, I think those are teams that have 
less chance to make a long-term mistake on a a Kimbrel. You know, the Cubs can afford that. The Dodgers can afford to him coming back and being terrible um, and and putting money out there. But the the Twins really need him to come in and be good if if he's going to come in. And so risking beyond this season, you know, maybe you throw an option on for next year if he's really good. But I can see why they're they're holding in or holding on here. But at the same time, you just figure at this point things would have changed. Whether it's one of those two guys, we're talking with Dan Hayes of The Athletic here on the Score North First Place Twins show, or somebody who they, they get in a trade between now and the trade deadline at the, at the end of July, how aggressive do you think the Twins already have been or will be to add to this team given the season that they're having? Well, I, I think they're probably playing it, you know, kind of slow playing on their end as far as searching for trades just because teams are asking for the world at this point there's nobody available so why wouldn't you ask for a ton if you're like the orioles or the giants and you have real answers like will smith or michael Givens, stuff players like that you know when the market spreads out and there's more options in in july you know it's easier to get guys at reasonable prices but right now i think that's not the case they they've kind of have been obviously monitoring, but when teams, you know, that, that's the one part. You don't know who's going to be made available because what if the Washington Nationals decide we're out of it and they shop Max Scherzer, you know, and, and that is just a name I'm throwing out there. I'm not saying anything. You just broke some big news there, there Dan Hayes. <laughs> exactly. But, but what if he was out there, you know, and, 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 and you knew you could get a little bit of his contract eaten and it didn't, you know, I mean, that, that changes the market. So I think it kind of behooves them to really search and look right now, but at the same time know that the market's going to change in a month and, and that they should be a little bit more patient because you look at them last year and they were kind of warming up towards the end of July, but they decided they weren't going to make it. They were seven out with 60 to play, and they pretty much unloaded everybody on the roster except for Joe Maurer, and, and they did a good job. And But they, they kind of made it through to the end of July, and, and teams are going to do that, um, especially with the the one hard and fast deadline this year. You know, there's no August waiver claims, so it changes the market, and I, I think that we will see some surprises probably in six weeks from now. Danny, if you're the Twins, and you could only make one one move to bolster one place ultimately uh, pre July 31st. Where would that be? I mean, it's bullpen for me, just because I, I really like what Blake Parker's given them fans for some reason he's they're irate about a guy with a 260 ERA and eight saves and five holds or maybe it's the other way around but he he's been really good you look at the free agent relief class it, it was trash from this last year just the, there's just been so many bad signings from it he's one of the top three or four at this point um, and obviously Taylor Rogers has been fantastic but I think they need a little bit more you know solidifying uh, arms there. I, I just think that you could use another guy, at least one. To I mean, the most sensible thing would be to to get a number one ace. But I don't think that that solves the bullpen. The bullpen seems to be where the game is gone in the postseason, and you need more depth there. Um, so so I don't want to just be limited to one. I want two or three, and I want to bolt. You know, add on to the back end there, and and get rid of some of the the inexperience and, and give uh, Rocco Baldelli more options just because this team is real and, and they, they definitely know it and I think they will be aggressive on it. Yeah, and this team is real, Dan, for, for this year and it looks like they're set up. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I've already been, in some people's eyes, too 
overly optimistic and excited about this twin season, but I think they're set up for for two or three years to be a, a, a pretty formidable team. I, they definitely have the talent. It's young. Their window is there. And it was just waiting for this to be realized. And you have five or six guys who are in their mid-20s who are breaking out. Byron Buxton finally getting to where everybody thought he would be. You know, we've only seen Miguel Snow for 12 games, and, and he's really come in and, and made an impact from the sixth, seventh spot in the lineup. And, you know, a lot of extra base hits from down there. Rosario we saw last year, and he was really with some help this year, expanding those numbers, and they're, they're pretty amazing. Max Kepler, Jorge Polanco. Barrios, that's a great young core to build around right now. The Twins are in a very good spot, and and I think that they know to capitalize on it, and they're capitalizing on it in a very weak division. You know, the White Sox have made some nice uh, gains amongst some of their young core guys, but they're probably still at least a year away, and, you know, if the Twins can solidify the pitching beyond this year, I think they have a good chance to compete for a couple years, and, you know, you look at it with with all those games in the division against weaker opponents, you have a chance to win home field, not just win your division, but win home field because you get to beat up on some teams that are rebuilding for the next couple of years. And, you know, the Yankees and the Red Sox don't have that luxury with, you know, I'd say Toronto's probably better than, you know, three of the five teams, maybe maybe two of the five teams in the Central, um, but obviously the Rays and the Red Sox are right there and, so you don't have that luxury, and, and the Angels are always interesting enough, and the Rangers always seem to have offense, and the A's are always interesting enough that the Astros don't necessarily get the same free ride. So, yeah, I mean, this is a good spot for the Twins to be in. That's Dan Hayes on the Twins beat for The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter at Dan Hayes MLB. Appreciate it, Dan. Thank you very much. See you, Dan. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. There's uh, Dan Hayes. Check out his work at theathletic.com. If you don't have a subscription, you really should. Uh, That's great stuff. There are a few sites. Stark Stark and Dan Hayes and all those guys are outstanding. Really, really good. Once again, thanks to uh, Score North listeners for tripling the number of downloads of this show from uh, April to May. Uh, If you like what we're doing, please spread the word. Let's triple it again from from May to June. I don't set my sights. Time for my guy Rami. It's what I see. (laughs) If I'm your representative, I might be going in someone's office soon. I don't know if that's the contract to help you. Oh, That's that's why you hold out. (laughs) Coming up next, Score North Live with Matthew Collins. Hold out. For Judd and Manny, I'm Rami Makhlouf. For now on Score North and the Score North mobile app.